Can you guys hear my kid crying? No. I didn't hear anything. Okay. I couldn't tell if it was mine through the walls or somebody else's. Because I can <laughs> hear mine through the floor sometimes when they get really excited. Gotta love these newer homes and paper thin walls. Especially you're sitting in Tornado Alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just blow it all away, build me a new house. That's, yeah. what, that's what needs to happen. Well, you're moving anyway, right? So. Yeah, exactly. I was going to sell anyway. Just reap that insurance benefit. And I don't have to worry about selling. Just give me my money. I'll be good to go. I do need to rebuild my deck stairs. That's what I need. I need the tornado to just hit my deck stairs because I need to replace them anyway. Just pay for uh, uh, therapy for the kids instead. And I just wrapped all their Christmas presents today, too. Wouldn't that be a shame? All that just gets, gets gone. That would be a huge shame. And we are back with another episode of Midweek Mentions. Sorry we missed you last week. Lots going on. Hope all's good with you. I'm Ant, or at Stanaworm in Brooklyn. And join with me tonight, I have Allie. How are you doing? Yo, yo, bing bong. <laughs> and Schweitz, how's the, the Great North treating you? Uh, it's a bit chilly right now, but not too bad. All right. Probably not worse than New York. That's probably true. I feel like today it was really cold. Like even this week, it's been like, ah, you wear a sweatshirt, you'd be fine. If you're just going from like the house to the car, or if you're just walking the kids a couple blocks to the store today, man, it was, it was ice. Like I was like, man, I need to put on another layer. It was just, it was too much. It's, it's about 30 degrees Fahrenheit here okay. right now. Yeah, that's about what it was here. Thir- low 30s for us. What about you, Allie? Weather talk. Weather talk walk. It's <laughs> freezing here and a huge line of storms are heading my way. So maybe when this podca- podcast comes out, I very well may be alive. I very well may be dead. Yes, maybe no. Who knows anymore? But yeah, weather, it's great. Tornadoes, fantastic. Tornado Alley is no longer in the Midwest. It has now pushed itself out towards the the southeast corner of the United States. I'm so excited to sit in my teeny tiny hall bathroom at three o'clock in the morning as this cold front slash tornado weather passes through. Super thrilled. Sleep in the tub. There is no tub. I'd have to sleep in the toilet. There's, it's, just, it's just a toilet and a sink and a sign. I think that says it is what it is, which would be very fitting for if a tornado hit and I'm just huddling in the hall bath, just stare at it. It is what it is. Live, laugh, love. Well, that was a, that was a good joke, Schweiss. It, it made me chuckle. So uh, we're going to keep uh, keep the heat on you and, and go to your topic for the week. What do you got for us? I just wanted to ask. There was a lot of discussion today about uh, the top parties people have been to. And I just wanted to know what is uh, everyone's top party or wedding or, or whatnot that they've attended. Yeah, why don't you go first? Well, I'll start off being a little, a little um, self-involved and say, I think I had a pretty damn good wedding. Um, I made most everybody at my wedding in some way, shape, or form do shots. Um, I have a couple of photos of group shots of 20 to 30 people cheering uh, wh- wh- whatever their, their drink of choice was at the moment. So I do think I, I my, and I'll give my wife a lot of credit too. We, we threw a pretty good party. But um, I had a friend who got married in California. Um, 
he went to Stanford, but he's from out east. But his wife now was out there. Well, that's where they met. And then um, they had a really good party. The band was good. The music was good. And they had, I'm trying to think how many, a couple of hundred fresh, hot Krispy Kreme donuts um, towards like two thirds of the way through the, through, through the evening. And it just was a great capper um, for what was going on. And so, so for me, it was black tie optional and, you know, uh, it's a, it's a friend of mine I've known my whole life. So it was a great time, but you know, at like nine o'clock seeing someone rolling with like tables and tables of fresh, hot Krispy Kreme donuts was just, was just excellent for me. So what about you, Riley? What do you got? So my wedding consisted of me, my husband, and two witnesses at the Cumberland County Detention Center. So that was my wedding. Oof. Got married in front at the jail while people were getting released every 15 minutes. It was very romantic. We had a reception at Chili's, had a two for 20. I think it's now the two for 22. We had it two for 20 when, it, when our country used to be a proper country, whenever it was two for 20. But anyway, I have never been to a proper party. Fancy party. The only time I ever remember dressing up was for my sister's wedding. And I don't know if I necessarily consider that a party because it was kind of lame. There really wasn't much going on. It was like her, her family and his family. And that's basically it. But during her wedding, it happened to be at the same time as the furries had their convention and a biker gang had their convention at the same resort in the middle of the mountains in North Carolina. So I got to have that experience. If we would have incorporated everybody more into like the wedding with the furries and the biker gang, I feel like it would have been probably the best party on the face of the planet. But I do have my top five parties if y'all are interested. Sure. Okay. So number five, Marty party. (laughs) Number four, a pity party. Nice. Number three, a Taco Bell party pack. Number two, it's a bogey party. It's a bogey party. Chris <laughs> Vernon, shout out to Chris Vernon and his master's update. But my number one favorite party, the wig party. Excellent choice. There you have it. What about, what about you, Schweitz? What's the best party you've ever been to? Uh, best party I've ever been to. So I've been to quite a few uh, sort of New York black tie weddings with some family. So just very lavish, upscale, um, not the richest people in the world, but, you know, at least a million dollars spent on these on these weddings. I went to uh, a family friend got married to someone whose father owns uh, Gojo Industries, which is uh, soap, like hand soap, all the liquid soaps, mostly Gojo Industries. So Is Alexander Skarsgård the CEO? No, but I kept laughing every time they mentioned Gojo on Succession <laughs> because of that. Uh, but they, the family friend who married into that family, they had to do the wedding in basically two months because a family member was ill and they wanted to make sure they had the wedding before uh, that family member passed away. So they hired two rival uh, event companies. They hosted it at at Chautauqua, which is uh, 
upstate New York. It's an arts community. It's very, very um, famous in the region, but it's also very exclusive. Uh, there's like cottages and stuff like that. So anyway, they rented out there. They, they paid for the hotel, did everything in this space. You would have thought they planned this wedding for two years with how much they got done. They just threw money at everything. Uh, we spent the Saturday night at the family's compound, which is a, uh, I think they said it was an $11 million, uh, lakefront property. I mean, there were at least. Know, three to four hundred people at this wedding. We were all fitting comfortably in this house, just chilling. The wedding was the next day, so it was this whole weekend thing. Um, black tie. The guy is in Miami, does in the fashion industry, so it was all these just crazy, you know, crazy dressed people around. It was bizarre, but it was by far the most lavish thing I've ever been to. Did you enjoy yourself? I was exhausted. So I enjoyed parts of it. And then parts of it, I just like, I was working a job where I was up at, at 4am that day. And then we, you know, I worked all day, my wife and I drove down. And then they were doing a, a booze cruise. So mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, we'll go and be nice. And then just like, we realized like, Oh, we're stuck on a boat with about 40, 40 people who are all doing various types of drugs. And just completely blacked out and we're like, we can't get off this boat. And we were exhausted. Like neither of us just wanted to like have anything to do with it at the time. Cause we were just exhausted. So that's, that's one of our, our going memories. Hey pal, how are you? Thanks for joining us, pal. You're Hi. just Is still going. So I thought it was an actual riveting discussion that they had yesterday about how people go about discussing weight when it comes to a, in a personal setting about personal versus professional when it comes to Zion. And I wanted to get y'all's take on how it was handled within the shipping container, like Jessica's points versus uh, witty and what your own individual opinions are on. And I was just going to talk about my experience because I was actually paid part of my career was holding yourself to a physical standard. And I just wanted to get everybody's opinion on how that discussion went and your specific opinions on Zion. Midweek Nation, how's it going? Just wanted to say I was very heated in the LTC. Shout out favorite chat. What's up? Chat about this very discussion. And I was fuming mad because the point that they were making the whole time and then it got totally turned around into a very serious discussion of something that I'm, you know, don't make light of when it comes to like eating disorders and everything. And like, you know, even for me losing all the weight, I've even struggled with my own eating disorders, trying to keep it down at, at a certain point. Like, you know, you, you kind of things happen to on the mind, neither here nor there. They were talking about, you know, being in shape as an athlete and the effect that it would have on his joints. And for her to say that there's no correlation is absolutely false. Like I was an overweight kid. I had back surgery at 16. I have arthritis in my knees because I was severely overweight. If he tries for, it, it's not a discussion of being like, oh, well, if he's happy at that weight, that's fine. Well, he can't play basketball at that weight. He's going to blow out his knees. Like it's not safe. It's not healthy for his joints. He's going to get seriously hurt. And I just thought it was, the conversation was taken away from the point that they were making 
to go to a serious discussion when it didn't need to be that. So they should absolutely be making fun of Fat Chris. They should absolutely be ripping Dan and they should carry on as business as usual because that's not what the discussion was about to start with. So that's how I felt about it. So I would say in the in the context of talking about sports and athletes, weight is an important factor, especially in sports like basketball and football, for example, team sports, individual sports, weight sort of works its way out. Um, it either is a benefit or a disadvantage and you either succeed or, or not based on that. But yeah, like as far as Zion goes, like, yeah, it is his health. It is his ability to entertain the masses. Yes, pal. Real quick, coming back in. Uh, they were talk the the issue right now is he has a, a stress sh- like fracture in his foot right or he had surgery or, or something. The thing is, it's not properly healing because he's continually continuously he's putting on weight and it's putting more and more pressure on that. So it's going to take longer for that injury to heal. That's just naturally how it's going to go. Now and, you and and he's going to reaggravate it as someone who had a stress fracture three years ago has put on weight and is constantly worried about re-aggravating the exact same stress fracture in the exact same place. That is part of the problem. That's why anytime they've tried to ramp him up, it, it's gotten re-aggravated because he's, he keeps putting on more weight. It, it's, they were totally right in what they were saying. And, and for the, the point that she made, yeah, she was right too, but it was just not applicable to what they were talking about. Now, if this conversation was about a female athlete, how does this conversation change? Yeah, that's actually something, even though I'm male, I was going to go down that route. I, I didn't love the idea of the conversation. I, 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 I'm i somewhat bothered at times in the way we're allowed to speak about athletes. Like there's no topic that's off limits really about them. We can talk about anything. We can talk about who they're dating. We can talk about them gaining weight, them losing weight. Like, And it just seems like they wouldn't, while you might do that in jest with one of your friends, you wouldn't do that broadly about just random people. And it sort of always bothers me um, that at large, the media in general is like, have no issues like making fun of Zion for being heavy. Now, I I wish he would lose weight. I wish he would get healthier. I mean, all those things. And I think there can be some level of talking about it that is productive. But I feel like there's like an unspoken rule that you can say whatever you want about athletes, especially, you know, male athletes. And now to go back to where you were talking about, Schweiz. Yeah, I don't think you could have that conversation the same way about women. I don't think it would be received well. I don't think like, even if it was, in fact, a very similar type of discussion, I don't want to be received well. And then so it's always sort of bothered me how at least some portion of athletes, anything they do is fair game, which I don't know that I agree with. Could I could I maybe try to as as a man? So, you know, I know we're not we haven't gotten to the lone female voice here. Valley, which I'm sure they go, you know, do that often. Um, I just want to say like, hmm, because I'm trying to think the, the type of athlete, right, where it matters. So your your typical, you know, for, for Zion, the way he plays basketball, the way he's above the rim like he is, the way he relies on his athleticism, that's where the weight does become an issue. If it was somebody like Zach Randolph or Marcus Gasol who's gaining weight, you know, it's they're not they're not these explosive athletes where it's going to severely hurt them. You know, I think there's a difference between when and now bringing it to the conversation when it comes to to women that that are athletic. You know, certain athletes in you know the WNBA, you know, the way it's not it's not going to be something if it, if it's not hampering their athleticism. So if we look at Simone Biles, you know, obviously gymnasts ha- they have this crazy crazy 
diet. They have to be in crazy shape. But, you know, if it's a, a similar thing with Zion where, you know, there's just – they're this crazy athlete. If they put on this amount of weight, you know, what does that do to the muscle, you know, having to handle that? Right. So as, as far as – I mean, I think this mainly ends up coming across within team sports. If you have an individual sport, um, a lot of times your body mechanics – and, you know, things like height and arm span and whatnot are going to play a factor in abilities. Like think of a swimmer's body. Like there's a reason you don't have, you know, a strong man or a weightlifter doing swimming. They don't have the bodies that are going to end up working at high level, you know, Olympic levels in those things and vice versa. You, you, you sort of end up with certain mechanics that tend to benefit. So like I have slightly shorter arms for my size, but it means that I'm really good at chest exercises because I don't have to go as far. Like my body's built in a way that makes it really easy for me to do push-ups and really easy to do uh, bench press and, and whatnot. Um, but I struggle with a lot of other things because of that. That would be easier in other sports. Um, basketball, obviously height's a factor. Um, if height's a factor, I think weight can be worked in there because it affects your ability to move people around the court. So I think it tends to benefit or it tends to have more effect within team sports In baseball. It's a little bit different because it tends to be one-on-one situations as far as pitching and hitting. What do you got, Allie? I was just infuriated at the entire discussion and just how it pivoted and back to, if this was a woman athlete. What happened to equals? You're a professional athlete. You're a hold to a specific standard. And if what you are doing to your body is damaging your ability to perform at whatever level, you're a danger to yourself. You could be a danger to your team. It shouldn't matter what gender you are. Zion is hurting himself, whether it be physical, mental, whatever it could be. And if mental is just as important as physical, why is he clear to play basketball? If Jess is somehow implying that he has potential mental issues going on, then he needs to get looked at and he has the resources available to him to be able to do that. He should not be cleared to play if it is in fact that specific realm, but taking that out of the equation, it's just common sense. Like a reasonable person standard could look at Zion and be like, that is not a healthy body to be playing that rough of a sport with that high level of conditioning to be able to do what Zion does in basketball. Like that is not good for him. And every single medical professional out there would tell you that the more, the more overweight and you get into obesity, you have these underlying health conditions that could lead to other issues down the road. So it's not just him hurting his joints, playing basketball. He could have organ issues, cholesterol, blood sugar, pressure, all that kind of stuff could be going on with that built of a body. And he just needs to take care of himself. And I just feel like the discussion went away from, oh, we shouldn't talk about weight at all. It's such a sensitive area. Yes. You shouldn't make fun of it when it comes to someone. If someone has a legit issue on a preferred, on a personal level, Zion is a professional athlete. This is what he is paid to do. You are paid to perform at the highest level in basketball. And if something you're doing to yourself, for whatever reason, you're doing it to yourself, you are hindering yourself and your team to succeed in that realm. And he needs to do something about it. And I feel like we should have that discussion. 
I want to say too, I don't really think that they were making fun of him for being fat. No, they were, they were just all, brought, they were, bringing up the issue that they were he's put on weight and it's bad. It is, it is absolutely 100% shocking to see a once in a generation athlete gain 70 pounds at 22 years old. It is absolutely shocking. They had every right to be shocked by w- what happened. Yep. They were not making fun of him. They were just amazed because that's not common. That's not something you see often. And when you have seen that, it's led to very dark past. Who's the who's that one Alabama running back that um, had a, like a cup of coffee in the NFL and played in that one? I think it was like the USFL before they had that, like a 30 for 30 on him. But the guy gained a bunch of weight and, you know, and they were constantly trying to keep him. And Jake, you know, you do you do see it once in a while, but when it does happen, it's very shocking. So that they were shocked, they weren't making fun of him. So I I, I feel like that a distinction needs to be made. And you kind of made me think about that by what what you the point you just made, Ali. So uh, at the baseball side of this, with the Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came into the league a few years ago, and he is a bigger guy. And a few years ago, he showed up to training camp, uh, clearly had put on weight. He's probably about the same age as Zion. Um, And the team recognized it. The media recognized it. They didn't crush him for it, but they pointed out because of how he plays, it's going to have impact on him. And they made a plan. And that plan actually became public. They worked with his family. They worked with his grandmother, who did a lot of the cooking for him. Um, And they, you know, they sort of did it collectively as a team. Vladdy lost significant amount of weight. He's still a big guy, but he lost some weight. And then he had an MVP caliber season um, in part because of his development, but in part because they're the team holistically is taking, you know, everything into effect and they're buying into it. And that's very important. So what do you think with how the team's acting then? Because the other thing that crosses my mind is he doesn't seem generally happy in New Orleans. Now, maybe it's just he's not happy with the way he's performing, but he seems to be like, I don't know, waiting to get out of the order, so to speak, or go someplace else. And I don't know. I mean, do do we think he's – I mean, I don't want to categorize him as lazy because I think that's unfair. Um, as someone who also struggles with weight, I don't think it's necessarily always just an easy thing to say, you know, just don't eat, you know. So I, what, what do you think about something like that? Do you think the, the team is supporting him enough or is is – is his desire to maybe not be in New Orleans and rather be in a bigger market or a better place or a better scenario playing a role in this? Or do you think we do we think it's strictly just sort of I don't know, not not, not him exactly, but more on him than on the people around him? I mean, obviously that team does not have a good reputation as far as um, handling players. Um, a lot of teams don't, but they don't specifically. He's in a he's in a market that's a bit unique if he's never been down there. Uh, there's a lot of distractions. And um, he's, I look, like if you came into the league and you were injured the first two years and, and whatnot, you'd probably just be disappointed. So it could be a whole mix of things. So it might be, um, you know, who knows what it's from, but it's sort of, it made me think of Steph Curry. Steph Curry's ankle was all messed up. The Warriors training staff dealt with him properly. They rehabbed him. They built his his power back, and he got he eventually started thriving because of that. But if he went to a team like the Timberwolves, who are just garbage when it comes to that, 
he probably would have never developed like that because he would have ruined his ankle so fast. So I think there's a whole bunch of different aspects that, that could have an effect on that, let alone his personal uh, mindset. Yeah. Well, like I, like with Steph, or was it the, it's really big now because of it, but chirotherapy or, or what's it called where they like, they do like the whole freezing process or whatever. That's what ended up helping save like his ankles. Um, <clears throat> and now a whole bunch of people do it. Uh, but with, with this situation, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think about Shaq and I think about the endorsement side and like Zion is endorsed heavily and he's in a lot of commercials. He's doing a lot of things, you know, he's, Sometimes it could just be part of, you know, he's just enjoying life, enjoying the lifestyle, having fun. And, you know, he's used to being able to play so much basketball. Like, you know, the, that one prospect that's at Duke who loses like seven pounds a game and they, he has to drink a special fluid because he cramps so much. Like, you know, it could be the similar situation with Zion. And Dan had mentioned this where, you know, he could just start playing basketball again and lose weight. The thing is he has, he's been sitting for so long and, you know, probably before he could eat whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted and was in phenomenal, you know, still in phenomenal shape because of how much basketball he's playing, how much he's running still. But you could tell, I mean, the, a few weeks ago when they played that clip of him, like kind of half-assed jogging on the court, I don't know if they were telling him to take it easy and that's kind of what, why it was, but it looked like he was laboring to move like shuffle side to side. Side. And a part of that is rust, like a lot of rust built up and, and, you know, he put on putting on weight and not working out because they don't want to aggravate the stress fac- fracture in any way he's limited. And it could just be that, you know, just the lifestyle and, and it's, it's caught up with him. And a part of it, like, you know, a part of it could be bits and pieces of this, but he, he's probably is unhappy in, in New Orleans. And a part of, you know, it, it, I, from my own experience, at least, putting on weight is tied to being unhappy. So I, it could be that situation in itself, you know? Uh, ironically, Duke has um, their hospital. They have a, a, a specialty like a, that's worldwide that for athletes, especially when they're overweight, I know a lot of professional wrestlers when they um, got really out of shape, Yokozuna, the big show and whatnot, they send them to Duke's, uh, you know, medical center, um, because they, they're one of the front runners in sort of helping when stuff gets out of hand, especially with, um, athletes and whatnot. So, um, it's a resource he could, he could use if that is part of this. Yeah. Like we have that in the army. So we would get height and weighted every six months, every time we took a physical fitness test and you're based on your height, you could be this maximum weight, depending on what age you were. So for example, a five eleven male, the age of 35 to 39 could be a max weight of 194 pounds. If you went over 194 pounds, you got taped around your waist and taped around your neck. And that's how they calculated your body mass percentage. And if you were over a certain percentage, you would get flagged. They would start your chapter packet to get kicked out of the army. They would enroll you in something called the army body composition program, which is basically like what you're talking about. Schweitz is this entire resource dedicated to getting your ass back in shape because in the army, it's life or death. If you're fat, I can't get your fat ass off the field, vice versa. I, I've got to be in shape to carry you. You have to be at a specific weight for me to carry you. And that's that was my profession. That was known. You signed up for this. You knew what the requirement was with the specific career choice. Same thing with Zion. Like You're expected to 
perform a certain way. If that means you need to put on a little bit of pounds and you can still perform great. That's fine. If you're happy, good for you. But if it is causing him more injuries and clearly it is, and he can't recuperate fast enough and he keeps putting on and putting on, and then he's going to have to sit. It's not only hurting him, it's hurting new Orleans. How you got any other topics you want to talk about from this week's shows or uh, you want to you want us to uh, topics from this week's show. Shout out Chris Cody. We salute you. You know, it's all shiggles. It's all shiggles, <laughs> baby. Um, let's think what else. It's been it I I got to say, and I don't know if I've made this point on LTC, but they've really I I feel like for a while, I think it's because they you know, they're all back in person mostly now. But they've really kind of found a, a good rhythm with that many people because they were struggling for a minute to, where they were all talking over each other. But now they they get it. Now they they talking they, over each other. That's a pain. <laughs> wouldn't know about it. You know, wouldn't know about wouldn't know about that at all. But I would say that I feel like they've hit a real good stride, a really good rhythm, and we've been getting some like classic segments lately. I mean. Segments. There we go. Gonna say it so, better myself. So let me throw out to you guys: What do you? Th- how have you been feeling about all the UM talk we're getting? I mean, obviously, you know, for the history of the show, it's always been a part of it, but it's always been more of something that people can make fun about. You know, Dan can make fun of Mike about it, and now it sort of seems it's gone the other way, where it seems to be like n- not the best part of the show at any means, but like a good quality, solid you know, local hour topic with, with some of the stuff that Mike has and some of the stuff. I mean, even what was it yet? Was it yesterday where, where it was, it was Mike and uh, you know, they were, they were talking about the airport and all the other stuff. So what do you guys think? Are you guys pro the local hour talk? Are you like move on and let's talk about, you know, football. I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. Honestly, I, I'm a big like culture guy, not, not, not like Miami culture, but just like cultures in general. That's why I'm into history. And I love the little window of, you know, the Miami culture, Miami sports scene that we get from them and how chaotic it is and like how sad they are. Like I have a a group chat that I've had with my friends about the Lakers for, I want to say 10 years now. And like, you know, for a long time when the Lakers were really bad, it was called future of the Lakers. Um, You know, and we were always just kind of having a meltdown, but we would always have jokes like, like, you know, oh man, the Spurs chat right now is just probably shitting bricks because their team sucks and Kawhi wants to leave things like that. So I like, you know, kind of seeing other sports fans in peril and struggle and, you know, it's, it's exciting. I I think it's exciting because I want to see other schools, you know, take a shot at, other big programs. So I think it's cool to see USC take a shot and try to go back for some former glory or, you know, uh, I mean, Oregon's going for Chip Kelly now, apparently. So, you know, everybody's trying something out, but I, I, I do like it. And I like that Mike is, you know, doing really solid reporting. And he, it's the same thing with the DJ thing. Like they, they had brought it up and they were talking about it and, and they could have linked it to it, but I don't know if they did remember it, but like Mike, Mike is serious about his work. Like he's a very funny guy, yeah, and it's a very funny show. He's he's extremely funny. The show is extremely well produced. Like he's very serious about that. He's very serious about everything he does. So it's like the, you know to make jokes ab- about it. It's like no, he, yeah, he's making jokes, but like no, he's actually doing the work, which is respectful, and he's and he's making a point with it too. I think by 
by showing what he can do and just showing what like you know the show gets a lot of shit and they've gotten a lot of shit for the Miami talk and yeah it was a shit show but he was saying he was explaining the entire time yeah it's a shit show and this is why it's a shit show he's like you have guys that are pissed off because they've been doing things for for getting away with things for 15 years and now they're telling them no so these guys are going out and they're leaking all these you know stupid reports and stuff and it's like he was you know right about all of that and I like it. I like, you know, and I like seeing Dan get emotional about it and just seeing how good they're doing, you know? I mean, he's not on the Duke's level, but he's close. Right. Well, well, I would agree with you, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, I've never been, I've always been a pseudo Miami fan going back to, you know, decades ago. Um, partly because my dad was a big Notre Dame fan. So the whole Catholics versus convicts, I sort of chose the opposite side just to sort of have a little back and forth about it. Um, Billy you know, Corbin made me a U fan. Yeah. That, that documentary did, did talk about it a lot. It did, it did make me a U fan. Yeah. And, and, and Billy's very good at that. So I'm actually enjoying it. And, and although there seems to be some criticism out there in the, in the social media areas where they don't let li- some people are not liking when it spills over into the regular hour. Um, I've actually enjoyed it. So I, I've been definitely pro it. I mean, at the same time, it is fun when members of the show get made fun of. So there's a, there's a give and take of, yeah, I want this to go really well for Mike at the same time. Like, you know, and I want the, you know, the you being better for college football would be better for college football overall. Another, you know, another good powerhouse out there that could, you know, go try to come at Alabama or Georgia or some of the, you know, big dogs, I think would be good. Um, but I think it's been useful. Go ahead, Schweiss. What do you got? I was just going to say, I also enjoy it. I will, I will take that over the X's and O's talk any day, the culture talk um, around any of the sports. They tend to have uh, an inside track, and it helps. It helps you understand what's going on. Um, you know, even if you're not a Miami fan, I'm an Ohio State fan. I like the the culture talk. I like sort of the same way I like listening to David Sampson. I understand that not everyone likes what he has to say. People have personal feelings towards him up here in Canada, especially with uh, the Expos, but you get insight into how an ownership group looks at running a team. Do I think it's the right way to do it? No, but not necessarily. Do I think it's ethical? Not necessarily, but I think it, you can extrapolate that out and put it towards your team. And yeah, like it's part of the show. It's part of the culture. I'll take it over the X's and O's talk. I mean, yeah, I would rather have sheets and giggles reads for 40 minutes, but um, I think it mixes it up and it makes it interesting. Well, the team, the team is pretty plugged in too, especially, especially specifically with the heat and the canes. Like if you saw that video announcing crystal ball, like Mike Ryan and witty were all over it, mm-hmm. you know, just the one time when he was in it, but still they, they were, they were all over it. And I just, I can't hear him ever talk Lakers basketball. Mike Ryan knows nothing about Lakers basketball. And it's, <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like I, I'm like, I know a lot more about the heat because I, I will watch them. I'm like, you click you. Cause I can watch them obviously on the West coast. It's easier to watch East coast basketball than it is the other way around. But I'm like, you, I mean, a lot of his Laker takes over the years have just been really far, far off. Everything he said about Car- uh, he's said about Caruso. Obviously, he's wrong, and a lot of people are like loving Caruso to death now that he's not a Laker. But bald eagle, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> back on track. I do like it, and I agree with with Schweitz. It's way better than X's and O talk. Talk, and they just they have they have plugged in sources. They they are they're good with the Heat. They're good with the Canes. They're good with um with the Marlins 
Uh, honestly, I mean, it's a little, it's a little wishy washy because of everything with Samson. But I mean, the Marlins hooked them up. You know, they, they give them, they, they they give them the jerseys and the hats and everything. So, I I like how plugged they, in they are, and I love when they get to have their like, you know, their their moment of just like shoving it in people's faces because everybody always thinks they're this clown show, which they are, and they're self admittedly this clown show, but they embrace that. They're yeah. our clown show. Yeah, I think they really do good at that. And even with the Panthers, too, even though there's not a lot of hockey talk in general. I mean, you know, hockey is hockey the talk, the fourth sport at best um, in this country. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I agree, pal. I, I like how they're plugged. I like when they can bring insight that that you're not going to necessarily hear. I like, you know, getting Pat Riley on freedom because Dan can just call Pat and say, hey, come on for 20 minutes. And he's like, sure. Like, you know, like I, I, I appreciate that, you know. I'm still laughing at amino acid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. I would agree. I would agree. Try right. I think we're going to land the plane here. Okay. I'd that like was a good... to uh, thank our boy, Pal, for joining us. Um, where can we find you on the social medias there, Pal? At Where to Waco. You'll see me on uh, at that handle on Twitter, at Where to Wake Goals. On Instagram is where you can find me. You'll also hear me on this same network at LTC in Cinema. Awesome. That's where you'll find me. How and, about uh, you, At Cutthroat Cast, sorry. Real quick. Oh, yeah. Cutthroat Cast, yeah. Always throw, out, uh, always throw out a plug for Cutthroat Cast. You guys get yeah. quality stuff over there. Patty got mad at me because I didn't do it on the Yes, Maybe, No. <laughs> you can find me at Short Center. <laughs> and you can find me at Stiano, S-T-A-I-A-N-O. Thanks for joining us and have a good week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.